It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Fight Construction Group. The Cardinals host the Diamondbacks tonight with Jack Flaherty opposing Merrill Kelly on the mound. Flaherty with a 1.76 ERA through three starts so far. The Twins are reportedly working to finalize a four-year, $73 million contract extension for Pablo Lopez, who was acquired in the Luis Arise trade. The injury bug hit the NBA playoffs hard on Sunday with Giannis Antetokounmpo, John Morant, and Tyler Hero all leaving games early. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world famous meal deals. Four. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Momentarily on Major League Baseball. Nick Oson at the bottom of the hour or thereabouts covers Iowa State 24-7 sports. Uh, he will join us here at about 12.30. Trent's plays of the day coming up uh, as well. Victory Mounds presents our weekly conversation with our baseball guy. He's Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. He joins us, Matt, Trent, and Ken. Another good week of baseball in the books and on to the next one. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's just been really fun. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it has been. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like there's a cold wave and, and some rainy weather making its way. It looks like east now, but I don't know. It's pretty bad here in Indiana right now. Well, I'll, I, I agree with you. I think there's been more buzz surrounding the start of a season into the first couple of weeks. It's 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 a haul. It's a it's a long uh, regular season. But I get it, and maybe it has everything to do with the rule changes, the buzz that uh, that it created prior to the season. It's carried over. Baseball seemingly um, is keeping that buzz. I. Do you sense that? I do. Yeah, I think so. I, I think a big part of it is the new rules, as you said, specifically the pitch clock. I, I think that we already had the diehards in baseball, and you're, you're very unlikely to lose the diehards, at least not in hordes. Um, but to, for the casual fans to see, oh, hey, a game might get over at 9.30 my time instead of 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. well, maybe I'll watch this game now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, the, the games themselves have just felt more exciting. And, and maybe aesthetically, it's because of the quicker pace. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something that I'm still wrapping my mind around. So we take the kids up, you know, 8, 8.30 for bed. And normally, you know, they're all down by 9 o'clock, and then we're good, and then I flip on. I watch four or five innings yeah, left. Yeah, I got a minimum. It's usually, you know, sixth, seventh inning, something like that for a Twins game that starts at 7 o'clock. Not the case anymore. So hey, maybe we're going to have to reconfigure bedtime or something like that to figure it out. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still getting used to it. Like, uh, I was working Friday night, and the days kind of bleed together. Yeah, I think it was Friday night. And uh, it was only probably an hour into the late games. I looked up and everything was in either the sixth or seventh. And I was like, 
man, I just, I'm still getting used to this, and it's been over two weeks. Mm-hmm. Usually I'd be looking at one of them being a straggler in like the second or third inning around then. So I'm watching Otani today, and he comes out right away. He's on deck right now, getting ready to watch him bat again. He's out there, hasn't given up a hit yet, has given up a run. But watching him, and we talk about all the superlatives, and we've never seen anything like this, certainly in any of our lifetimes, and on and on and on. And yet, there's times that I watch him, I'm like, Maybe we don't even talk about this enough. I mean, he's yeah, just... we could. It's, True. it's so ridiculous that mm-hmm. we have a player like this playing Major League Baseball, and it seems like even with that, we just don't mention how ridiculous this actually is. It's it's funny that you just mentioned that because I just talked to CeCe Sabathia about, uh, just about an hour ago uh, about this, and I brought up, you were a good hitter. For a pitcher, mm-hmm. but we need the qualifier on there for a pitcher. Right, and he said most people don't even grasp how ridiculous it is that you can do that both ways. And one of the things he brought up was your preparation as a starting pitcher. People don't think about you; don't see it from the outside that you're basically doing something different every single day just to make sure you're ready for your next start. <laughs> you know, whether it's throwing a side bullpen session about halfway between your starts, whether it's running a certain amount of pulls on one of the days. Uh, Otani's doing all that stuff in addition to keeping himself prepared to be a hitter every single day, and nobody's really done it like this before. I mean, we can go back to Babe Ruth, uh, but he didn't overlap that much. It was only like two seasons where he really fully overlapped. Uh, Otani, this was the third year, so he's surpassing Babe Ruth, and as Stacey pointed out, the players are a lot better now than they were then, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it just makes it that much more ridiculous. Well, I look forward to reading that piece. Uh, I want to ask you about the Cubs who uh, went into uh, Dodger Stadium and did something they haven't done in a long time, and that's win a series. Might have got a little help in the ninth inning <laughs> from the umpires. Boxberger was able to strike out the side, and we, we talked about that already, so we won't bore the audience again, but my God, that was bad. Anyways, um, and I'm starting to see this tweet a lot, Matt Snyder. Might the Cubs be good? Might the Cubs be better than we thought? I'll ask you the Maybe. tweet that I'm seeing. I think they might be. Well, remember when we were heading into the year, you asked me uh, something about is there hope, and I kind of shot it down. Yeah, I was like, you did. No, I think they're just mediocre. I don't think they're very good. We had a lot of Cubs fans that weren't happy about that, Matt, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard from Oh, really? I thought Snyder was a Cubs <laughs> fan. Why is he so down on him? I. I just thought they should have done more in the off season, and I still think they should have. But I, it's I, I'm I'm really getting there. It's it's I really and, and here's an example. After the loss Saturday night, which you know it was zero zero for Wild, with them hit the solo home run, yep. goes in the ninth, one nothing, and then the Dodgers get that ground ball with eyes. Which by the way, if there were under the old rules, the shift, yep, <laughs> there probably would have been a ground out. But you know that's always going to even out. Um, but I was livid about that. And then I stopped and thought about it and I was like, you know what? This is probably good though, because if they hadn't started to change my mind, I wouldn't have really gotten that mad about it. But since I was that mad, it showed that I was really getting behind this team to the point that something like that could infuriate me so much. <laughs> They're like, does it make sense? I was, it's actually good that I was so mad because mm-hmm. it shows that it matters. Um, but yeah, I, I'm coming around. I, I think, you know, winning that series against the Dodgers after winning series over the Rangers and Mariners, especially that, that Mariners comeback was when I really started to think, 
wow, there might be a little something here. There, there's when they were down vibes. seven zip, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are some good vibes. And, you know, Mervis and Morell tearing it up in yes. some way. They need to be on the roster. It, maybe a lot of it is my frustration with, you know, continuing to run Madrigal out there or playing Hosmer so much when you've got Mervis and Morell right there. Just play the guys who have more talent and have more upside, man. It, it, this is not a rebuilding year. If you said it's not a rebuilding year, you should be going for it. Seventh in ERA, the K per nine, second in baseball, over ten strikeouts really? per nine innings. They are they're piecing it together, but there's hope. You kind of look at the underlying numbers, and that's what I wanted to do last night when I was watching the highlight packages. Are we missing something here? You look at the underlying numbers. It doesn't feel fluky either, at least to me, at least no. what I saw. They they put a, a lot of focus into the run prevention, and we heard a lot of talk about it, like letting Wilson Contreras walk and going with defensive-minded mm-hmm. duo behind the plate, signing Dansby Swanson to kick Nico over to second base, signing Cody Bellinger to play center field, being strong defensively up the middle, especially now with the shift limited. If more range with Nico and Dansby, and that matters because they can't shift as much, they put all the emphasis on that. And the funny thing is, they weren't even really supposed to be striking this many guys out. Right. Stroman's not a strikeout-heavy guy. Tyone's not a strikeout-heavy guy. But they're doing it that way. Um, speaking of a guy that can pitch to contact and do it well, Kyle Hendricks isn't that far from coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see it unfold. I'd, and, and just to show you where my mindset is now, I'm looking at the schedule and I see the A's, and my first thought was, got to sleep. Yeah. Even two or three won't be good enough. And yeah. it's nice to think that way again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I watched the Rays and the Jays all weekend. Boy, I'm spoiled. Uh, with Dan Schulman gets, uh, calls the Blue Jays games. He left, leaves ESPN Sunday night, and I get them for, well, they're not, uh, we don't get the, the, the Blue Jays feed every game, which is too bad, but boy, when we do, it's such a treat. But my takeaway from the series, yes, the Jays won the series, but you know what? These Rays are pretty legit. That's my biggest takeaway. They are a good baseball team, and any thought, and I had it, and I'm going to be dead wrong that this team, that their window is going to close, it's going to catch up with them, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Tampa, even though they lost the series, uh, I believe, uh, I, I came away more of a believer, if you want. Yeah, the, the front office is the big thing, and, and uh it's frustrating that ownership wouldn't give them more money or, you know, whatever it is. You know, maybe they need to bolt more ballparks and they'd open up the purse strings a little bit. But they, the front office knows exactly how it wants to operate on a shoestring budget. And uh, it does an exceptional job. At, it's unfortunate that he got hurt last week. But they do, do things like Jeffrey Spring, finding him, unearthing him. It drew Rasmussen. He got in a trade from the Brewers. They, they know who they want to plug in and what kind of arms they want. Unfortunately, it seems like those arms get hurt a lot more often than they do with other teams, but they're so good at figuring out what guys are going to work in their system. And I know that the schedule was weak, but I think it also needs to be said that when we're looping in the Red Sox there before this game against Otani, Red Sox are 8-4 and four heading into Monday when they don't play the Rays. That, mm. that, so I don't think we should loop them in with, hey, the, the Rays haven't played anybody. Well, that was a four-game sweep of the Red Sox. But the Red Sox are 8-4 when they don't play the Rays. So they might not be bad. Um, it's, there's something to be said for beating up on weak teams, too. I mean, you've got to do it. And when they were 13-0, and if you said, well, that's all against weak teams, well, even the very best teams, a 13-game stretch would go, say, 10-3, and not necessarily 13-0. and 
Garrett Mitchell has come up for the Brewers. He's played very well, 24 years old. This team, they're hitting it. We know they have pitching, though. They're banged up right now in the rotation. Ken and I were both out on the Brewers this year. Are we dead wrong? Is this Brewers team, is there sustainability with Milwaukee? Yeah, I think they're good. Uh, I mean, and, and just a, it's, it's a perfect segue there to piggyback on how good the front office is. The Milwaukee, they've been doing it for years. Uh, they pay a little bit more on their players. We've seen some of those extensions not work out quite as well. Yeah, it's for, for right now. But they, they find guys to plug in. They brought Wade Miley back. He's been great. I mean, Burns hasn't even really thrown that well overall so far. He was great his last start. But Peralta looking like he can, you know, we'll see how long Woodruff is out. I think it might be a little bit. But if they get him back by the end of the year and they're firing an all-cylinders there, that rotation can be stellar. Craig Council, as I've said for years, and I'll keep saying it, is as good as it gets in terms of knowing how to work his bullpen and plug, plug guys in and spots to be successful. And and they know what they're do- they know what kind of guys they want to get on offense. They 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 have not worried as much about batting average or striking out a lot, and they'll go heavy on power. And it's been working for them. You know, we got Riley Tellers with five home runs and twelve RBIs right now. They've got multiple home runs up and down the lineup. They they've got a good thing going there. And I, I I picked them. I think I was the only one on our out of our team of six that on CBS Sports that picked them over the Cardinals to win the division. I feel pretty good about it right now. You absolutely should. Now, here's Brandon Woodruff. He said this Saturday before the game, and this is the first time I saw this quote. I also have him in fantasy, so I'm a little nervous about this. This is what Woodruff said about the shoulder injury. If this was something that happened midseason, all-star break, right before or after that time, I would probably end up being done, to be honest, for the wow. season. Unquote. That's a square, scary quote right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, because... To not even to say that I wouldn't even think about coming <laughs> back, or you know, like with two months left. So that means, well, let's start doing the math. Then you know, you, then you start running through it, and you think, man, he's, he's probably down till the All Star break. Then yeah. he needs to build himself back up, and then he needs to not have any setbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that one could loom large here. I just I I felt like they were better than the Cardinals heading into the season, and the Cardinals rotation hasn't done anything to change my mind. Biggest disappointment uh, out of the shoot for you is what team? Probably right there, Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we could say Astros seven mm-hmm. and nine. White Cardinals, Sox seven and nine. Yeah, I just I didn't like them that much from the get go. They're just so thin. Organizational depth. They're they're thin and they have injuries all the time. And already with Yohan oh. Moncada, Tim Anderson, it just yeah. But you know you'd have to consider them in the mix. So yeah, one of those. You know, I guess we you could probably mention the Dodgers at mm-hmm. just eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Hasn't even really been that tough of a schedule if you went to preseason expectations. Uh, you know, they 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 went what four and five against the Diamondbacks. They took two or three of the from the Giants. They looked bad, and then they lost three two or three to the Cubs. So yeah, I think we probably have to throw the Dodgers in there too. All right, time for the selfish portion of our interview. Let's get to the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) Hey, they're good. They are. Pablo Lopez. So I see the contract extension. He's got to go through uh, the got to go through the doctors and everything. So it'll be Wednesday or Thursday before that becomes official. Four years, seventy three and a half million dollars. He's twenty seven. He's outstanding. He's been good in Miami. If you would have told me, not knowing the numbers particulars before they signed him to a four year extension, I would have thought it would have been north of a hundred million dollars. On paper, 
I'm blown away about how good this absolutely seems for the Twins. Yeah, I wonder, the only thing I was thinking is, I wonder if it's going to be for this year and if they, they overwrote gotcha. for his salary this year because he would get a modest pay increase. Mm-hmm. Um, but with him being in arbitration, then he's in arbitration next year. If he said that's two arbitration years and then two free agency years, that might be about right. But if it starts next year and it's just one arbitration year and three free agency years, I do think that you're right and that he probably shortchanged himself a little bit. But the flip side of that is, you're talking about someone who was born in Venezuela and grew up there until he signed with a major league team at 16 and it's over $74 million Mm -hmm. that sets up your family for generations. Mm -hmm. So that's tough to turn down. So that, that must've just been the sweet spot there. Uh, Last thing for me, pursuant to the twins, but Saturday's game uh, against the Yankees when Herman was uh, asked to remove whatever foreign substance he had uh, that he was using. It was rosin. Was it rosin? Are we sure it was well, rosin? That's what that's what the umpire said. And after that's the what game. Boone said after yeah. the game. But I don't know if Baldelli's subscribing <laughs> to that theory. Um, but but point what, what, whatever it was, uh, just the fact that you know you're told, and you go back to the game before he didn't strike out a single guardian, not one. Through five innings, his 15 outs, 10 of them came via strikeout. So something was certainly working for him that day. Um, I guess he right. He's asked to remove the substance. Delay the game. Um, he comes back out. He still got it, and yet he's allowed to stay in the game. The guy that gets tossed is the Twins manager. I was surprised by that. I didn't think that was a good look for Major League Baseball. I agree. I, I thought it looked horrible when you could read the, the ump's head, the ump's lips when he said, uh, "You need to wash your hands" or something. It's like that just looks bad. There, there's bad optics to it, even if it's just rosin, which they're allowed to use. Well, I guess my question would be, if you're allowed to use rosin and it was just rosin, why does he have to wash his hands? Why why are we delaying the game for that? Mm-hmm. That's probably where Baldelli was going, was that if he's not doing something wrong, why does he have to wash his hands? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if he does have to wash his hands, why is he not ejected? We're doing these spot checks for substances, and if you're saying... Well, it just seemed like there shouldn't be a gray area, I guess. And the umpires apparently were saying there is a gray area here. Let's just wash your hands so it doesn't look as bad. But you delayed the game. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm talking in circles here, I guess. But it it just feels like you should either be ejected or they should leave you alone. I didn't think there was a middle ground where it was, hey, just wash your hands and then we're good. I just didn't think that I saw that in the rule. I don't think it's there. There's no discretion that I can see. It's if if you do it, you're out. Um, but yeah. that wasn't the case. And and if it was just rosin, then who cares? Don't, right. Don't make him wash his hands. Which means which leads me to believe it. that yeah. it was more than just that. Anyways, I know. Uh, I, yeah. Not a good look. Just yeah. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. That's where you can read our buddy Matt Snyder as we talk baseball with him each and every week as presented by Victory Mounds. Matt, thank you as always. We'll speak with you next Monday. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Sounds good. Take yeah, care. Yep. You have a good week. Good week of baseball. Baseball's been, it's the bus is still there. Yeah, I can't recall anything like that, uh, like this. No. Where you said, boy, these rule changes, it doesn't completely change the game. It just makes it so much better. It it, it clearly does. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. The, the, the games are over, t- the base paths, balls are getting through that uh, more guys are getting on, guys are stealing bases again. It's It's not boring. I never thought it was boring. I loved baseball. You right. love baseball. Yes. But 
A lot of people do. Yes. And we, we, the game needs more fans. It's doing great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the television numbers, everybody's getting rich. Um, but it can be game. better. It can be, and it is. Well, it's been made better. Everybody's getting rich for TV except for the Guardians, Twins, and Diamondbacks. Right. That's to take a cut. <laughs> They're waiting to get their money from Bally's, and it's not happening right now. Uh, it's uh, 25 minutes after the hour of 12 noon, which means it is time for another $1,000 home run. Let's go to KXNO.com right now. Once you get there, you'll see the pop-up box. In the pop-up box, type the word check. Check. KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 check at KXNO.com. Opportunities all afternoon long. A couple with uh, Murph and Andy, and then three with The Drive. Heather and Sean, they take you home from three until six. Miller and Condon uh, will be joined by Nick Olson. Time to talk some Iowa State when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. The NFL Draft is coming up next Thursday in Kansas City. But before Goodell takes the stage, it's your turn. Join myself, Trent Condon, and Sean Roberts during The Drive on Thursday, April 20th, and you can make your pick for your team live on the air. It's the KXNO Mock Draft presented by Graphite Construction Group. We'll be at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, 1325 Southwest Labor Road. Great wings, cold drinks, and a lot of NFL Draft conversation. Thursday, April 20th from 4 to 6. Powered by Graphite. It done. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Nick Olson to talk some Iowa State. Since we went to break, a couple of Iowa State stories have popped. First of all, let's say hi to Nick Olson. Nick, uh, thanks for uh, jumping on with us. Uh, we'll get with you momentarily. Uh, you read a piece by Frank Schwab, uh, Trent, or at least skimmed a piece by mm-hmm. Frank Schwab. Yahoo Sp- uh, Sports covers the NFL, regular contributor to our program. When it comes to Brock Purdy, what does the piece say? Something that. Season's kind of up in the air. It is, yeah. So this is a piece that Jory Epstein uh, wrote over at Yahoo. And Brock Purdy, when the question came up about playing in 2023, Brock Purdy said, quote, not really sure, honestly, mm-hmm. unquote. That's scary. For athletes, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah. To say that, yeah, that's an eye-opener, definitely. No, it was. I mean, we'd have to remind anybody where he was drafted and what he did when he got his opportunity, but you can't st- – if he's saying that, they're just not going to stand, sit back and wait for him. they got a really good team. Mm-hmm. They brought in Sam Darnold. Okay. Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. They're going to get a veteran. They're going to go get a veteran. Here's the other – well, mm-hmm. you wonder. Mm-hmm. The, the other story that's out there is, I guess, the We Will Uniforms – Throwback to We Will mm-hmm. uh, helps commemorate the uh, 100th anniversary of um, uh, Jack Trice. Are going to be worn against TCU on the 7th of October, and apparently the uniform is going to be unveiled at the spring game this coming weekend. There's another reason to head on out there, battle the elements, and get to see the new uniforms that'll be popping. Absolutely. Or you can do what we do and just rely on our friend uh, Nick Osten That's to cover it for us and to join us on Monday <laughs> and share exactly what happened, as I know he will. How are you, pal? 
I'm doing great, my friend. It feels like it's been a while since we've caught up. I'm happy to be back. Uh, happy to have you. So that's pretty cool, right? The the uniforms, the 100-year, um, they're celebrating the, the whole, all Jack Trice and his legacy, etc., and they're going to come up with a new uniform and unveil them uh, this coming Saturday. Pretty neat, uh, pretty good idea. Absolutely, Ken. Yeah, it's something I just threw up on, on my board a little bit before I kind of got ready for the show. People are really excited, I think, for multiple reasons. You get, you know, kind of the more in-depth meaning and history with Jack Trice. And my fans kind of just started a, a whole nother thread just because they love the different uniforms. So I think there's a lot to be excited about, obviously, watching some, some fresh football as well here as we wrap up the spring on Saturday. Busy time, obviously, in the world of recruiting. We're seeing commitments, a lot of them already for the 2024 class. And you had a big event that you were down in Kansas City with a lot of local connections down there, including a commitment. Uh, Keaton Roskop was down there from over on the east side of the state who's committed to Iowa State. So give us your takeaways of the Under Armour event, kind of what you saw, and maybe a name or two that popped out watching them go through the practices. Yeah, Trent, this was really cool, and, and I'm glad we can touch on it a little bit. I think that it's worth noting there were several Iowa uh, you know, high school players there, 24, really a lot of 2025 guys as well. A name I know you're familiar with, I'll start off right off the bat, because it was pretty universally kind of talked about and accepted that he was one of the top four or five players at the whole camp, and that would be Zavion Robinson, Zay Robinson, the Valley star wide receiver and star basketball player. He was far and away the best wide out at the entire camp. And again, he is just wrapping up his sophomore year of high school. He was really good. Dowling uh, offensive lineman and a big Iowa State target. Kyle Rakers had some really good reps against several guys on the defensive line that will be playing at the next level. I think I'll pitch this as a name to know for some that maybe don't yet, Jack Limbaugh, 2025 D lineman from Algona, I believe. He's going to start catching some eyes, I think, certainly around the Midwest. He's made visits to several of the big-time in-state schools. And a couple in-state quarterbacks like Alex Mansky and Wallace, Jack Wallace, were there in the class of 2025. I'm just impressed because we're so focused and kind of fixated on the 2024 class, as we should be with commitments and such coming on. But Guys, I think 2025 could be another really deep and impressive class, kind of like 23 was, I felt, here in the state of Iowa. You know, and I, and I don't anticipate that uh, that Gideon Davidson would sign with Iowa State, but just the fact that uh, the number one running pack in the country in 2025 has paired his list to 10 teams and Iowa State has made the cut along with Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, USC, Penn State, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Colorado, and Iowa State. Just the fact that, you know, they're, they're getting a foot in the door with the number one position player running back in the country. That, that says something to me. They're doing something right in the recruiting department. Absolutely, Ken. I think we've talked so much about, you know, obviously they, they get some really good commits and they're, I've said on this show, I think maybe the best in the country at evaluating talent early, but this is a spot that speaks to, I think, a couple things. One, the running back success. You've got two starting NFL running backs in the league right now, as well as Ken A, who's certainly on a team and, you know, kind of provides a lot as well with the Vikings as a former running back here, but also relationships. I think that's such a big thing, and that's a spot where new running backs coach Jordan Langs, of course, he's special teams as well, but He's done some really good work there. I think, of course, it's going to be really tough to land Davidson just with 
some of the offers as well as just some schools that have kind of been involved longer. I've gotten to know him and his family a little bit. I think distance could be tough there as well. They're from Virginia, and this is obviously pretty far. But I think that it's a great thing, Ken, like you said. I think it speaks to multiple levels of what the Cyclones do well. And I really wouldn't be shocked if he does take a visit here maybe this summer, and then he'll do a top four in August, I've learned, from from the family. And I wouldn't be shocked to see Iowa State there, but schools like Clemson, Ohio State, they've they've done a lot early there as well, Karen. Another big prospect here in state, in fact, the number one player in the class of 2024 is Grant Bricks. He's got big-time offers. He's got kind of the who's who of college football, Penn State, Auburn, Oklahoma have come calling. Of course, Iowa and Iowa State still involved in the mix, and he's going to be taking a visit over to Iowa State. Tell us the latest on the big man from Logan Magnolia, Grant Bricks. Yeah, Trent, I love talking some high school sports with you because I, I saw that article from Alan True, mm-hmm. and we had kind of gotten that out to the VIPs a couple weeks ago. He will be coming. Now, based on when I've spoken with Grant, it's been a little while, but checking in there with him, with the recruitment, as well as just speaking about him kind of at a spot like Kansas City. Obviously, there are a lot of you know Midwest connections. I think he's a guy, Trent, that is still very, very open. I think it's a great sign that he is taking a trip to Iowa State. I do think that Ryan Clanton and Matt Campbell, I think they've done some good things there. Iowa's certainly still in it. I've heard buzz about schools like Nebraska, Penn State. He recently took a trip out to Tennessee. I think they did a really nice job on that visit. So where I'm at is, to me, this is a kid and a prospect that seems pretty wide open. I think, I remember when I spoke with him, we talked a lot about just kind of the future and what he really is looking for. I don't think it's just football that means a lot to him either. I think academics are at play and for things like that as well with Grant, but this is a great start. And I feel like with some of this positive momentum recently, Trent, maybe Iowa State can at least do enough well this weekend to potentially get an official visit from Bricks. He is somebody that will take plenty of his OVs for sure. You know, you mentioned Ryan Clanton. I guess I want to go there because I do not recall um, a, a coach, an assistant coach, a position coach uh, at Iowa State generating the buzz, the hype maybe, uh, that Ryan Clanton has as he's now working with the offensive line. Um, look, at this has been an area, Nick, as you well know, since you've been on the beat, and it certainly predates when you got here. Uh, this has been a, a unit that has underachieved most years. There's certainly a lot of talk around what Clanton is doing and trying to mold this and trying to build this into a cohesive unit, one that would you know, um, hold its end of the bargain, if you will, in the Big 12. Ryan Clanton's getting a lot of buzz uh, in his work with us offensive line. Yeah, Ken, I'm hoping you know we kind of think back. Early on, I, I mentioned there was some real true palpable buzz around the building, around the fan base, and I said it early on kind of with some of my readers, and I think people questioned a little bit, oh, you could say that about any hire, and sure, I guess you can, but if you look at a guy like Clanton's history, what he's done to get here, the connections he has, the NFL players he sent, he's really already got the resume, and I think what stood out so much to me, the first time we kind of got to speak with him, the, the word meticulous kind of stood out to me, and now hearing a little bit more about him, how he's able to connect with players he's kind of established this balance to me it's like a really cool teacher or coach that you have growing up where you can connect with the guys the the players the students you can have fun with them but when it's time for business 
you, you're kind of accepting that that's the time to focus. And the way he breaks down these details, whether it's nutrition or different ways to block, different schemes, you know, zone schemes, man, blocking, like all of these different things that he's brought in or that he's added some of his opinions and, and kind of focus on, I think players have really caught on to this. I think families of players have taken notice. And I think this is something you'll see a little bit, Ken, of some of the progress this weekend. But I'm telling you, when it comes to August, September, no matter how many wins this team ends up with, and and I think they will certainly get more than a lot of people are talking about maybe, I think Clanton is going to be a real positive for this team early on, and I think it's somebody that Cyclones fans should latch on to right now. Keyshawn Gilbert already in the fold along with Jackson Pavelke and one more on a visit this past weekend. Uh, what have you heard from Buffalo guard Curtis Jones after he visited Ames? Yeah, Trent, Curtis Jones, he was, you know, so the fourth official visitor total, the third guard. Uh, caught up with him a little bit yesterday. I think he really enjoyed his time, and I think that there will certainly be some clarity with kind of how the rest of the portal looks for Iowa State. Here in the here in the coming days for the Cyclones, is that a hint? Kind of wrap up their last addition to the <laughs> offseason, my guys. We can read between the lines. Thanks yeah, for that, so, sounds like some news is coming. <laughs> Nick Olson, twenty four seven Sports Cyclone Alert dot com. Uh, Nick, it is interesting that they've really identified they're they're bringing in uh, what I think th- they got three, two or three guards uh, that uh, now part of this uh, going to be part of next year's team. Um, is there a big on their shopping list, Nick, that you know of, but there would mean maybe not a true five, but a four or a five. Somebody going to uh, show up with some height and make an impact on uh, TJ's roster this year? Yeah, Ken. So we'll see kind of how things go with Jones. But if he does decide to play here in the future, that would actually essentially wrap things up in terms of open spots. I'm under the impression that there won't be any more uh, potential departures or spots opening up. I think. That, and, and I have checked in on this, but I feel like with Robert Jones improving, I think you saw flashes of Hassan Ward late. Trey King's expected to have a major role. And then you've got just legitimate size, 6'8", 6'9", in Omaha Baloo, Milan Mocilovic. I don't think so, Ken, at least from okay. what I've seen and when I've asked about things. I think that really guards were the focus. They lost two major players in Holmes and Kelsher to the professional ranks, obviously, with their eligibility up. They need shooting. They need scoring. I think that's the main focus. And I will say I think that positional versatility and talent, Ken, are going to be very, very high this season. And that's why, personally, I'm excited to cover it. Whether you see that type of kind of traditional big, I'm not so sure. Uh, But I think that the depth and the talent is really going to be the focus. Howard Brown's in the transfer portal? He is, yep. I I shared that uh, to the VIPs this morning. There were some tweets about it as well. I don't think it's anything too deep here. I just think basically somebody that maybe isn't playing as much as he had hoped, at least to my knowledge, obviously some younger players moving up quickly in the ranks like Dominique Orange. You got Isaiah mm-hmm. Lee back. But, yes, I've doubly confirmed that this morning as well. Yeah, it's surprising. He was certainly one of those guys that had a ton of hype when he got here. Nick, we are out of time. We will recap uh, spring football with you on uh, on uh, for a Monday of next week, if not before. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it, as always, 24-7 sports. What do you have going on, uh, Nick? Anything this week? Yeah, a lot going on, Ken. So seven to eight uh, interview recaps from top recruits from yesterday and a VIP promo until tomorrow. Good stuff, Nick Olson. Thank you. We'll talk to you in seven days.
Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Nichols, and 247sportscyclonealert.com. Trent's Plays of the Day, Circus Sports Sponsors. It's next. Miller and Condon, 106.9.com. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes here. Murph and Andy coming up at one to drive with Heather and Sean, three to six. NBA, NHL, MLB, plenty of options. Let's hear them. Oh, we're going to hit them all. We're off to a good start. Now, I got to hope that this game in Boston continues as a rain delay is hit. And, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, 5-1 lead, cruising along. Otani more than likely won't come back Probably out there not. after this one. But got them at, they were minus 132. With Otani. With Otani. Stealing money. Well, might have been, and let's get this thing is. <laughs> They're delayed in the third. Uh, what I have for tonight, we're going to kick things off with some hockey. Yes. Give me the Panthers. What? Plus 192? Yeah. I'm taking the, the Panthers. Panthers. They split uh-huh. in the regular season uh-huh. against them. Only 17 losses all year. Flu is going through the Bruins dressing room. Boom. Plus 192. Okay. Love it. All right. NBA. Warriors bounce back, don't they? Uh, Keegan Murray, yeah. Two points. He was, not he good. was bad. He looked like NCAA tournament. He did. Keegan Murray. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. And two in baseball. Give me Atlanta. They They're got so three down the bump. Minus 140. Mm-hmm. Not a great price. How about this? DeGrom goes for the Rangers. We're going to lay the one and a half. Where do, they're in KC? They're in KC. Going to go not just money line because you're basically laying two to one. Yeah. We're going to lay one and a half. It's minus 122 when you go that route. Kind of like that. I like the slate here today. Let's hope we can finish it off with a win at some point today. Get that one in the book, and away we go. The Panthers, the Rangers, the Braves, and the Golden State Warriors. My picks today presented by Circle. All right. We will grade your report card tomorrow. Yeah, Braves pods. Pretty big series. Mm -hmm. All right. That's going to do it for us. We sure appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us. Trent and I talk sports with you every Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. Murph and Andy next, the drive 3 to 6 for Miller and Condon weekdays from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.